Are you good with people? Maybe you're organized or have a knack for numbers. Well, then chances are you've got skills that could lead to a new career. A Google Career Certificate can help you get a foot in the door with top employers in fast-growing fields like IT support, project management, data analytics, and user experience design. It's professional-level training developed and taught by Google employees. And it's all online so you can learn around your schedule. Put your skills to work. Go to grow.google slash certificates. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, and welcome to The Pollsters. I'm Margie O'Meara, Democratic pollster with PSB Research. And I'm Kristen Soltis-Anderson, Republican pollster with Echelon Insights. And each week we bring you the polls driving the news in politics, tech, and pop culture. So for folks who missed us when we were in Philly, it was so hard to schedule a time to do an interview. I mean, I basically could not schedule time to talk to myself. <laughs> so insane. I, I get these great ideas in my head. Like I, I was sitting in my hotel room. The Sunday night before the convention in Cleveland and I'm going through my email and I'm looking at like, oh, all of these panels and parties and so-and-so's here and they want to get coffee. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to schedule all this stuff and it's right. going to be so great. And then like you get going and all of a sudden you realize like, oh, I just RSVP'd for three different panels and parties. One that starts at 2.30, one that starts at 3 and one that starts at 3.30. Yeah. And they're on like opposite sides of Cleveland. This yeah. is not going to happen. I mean, I made and it to two it parties. Worse. It was really hard because everything was in Center City and then it, you were, it was kind of far to get to the convention center. And some folks like you and others who were in hotel rooms not in Center City, then you were just out for the day, which just seemed like madness. And oh, yeah. And it was – look, the a, I was there with ABC. The, everybody at ABC was lovely. I, I was very grateful. They did not wind up using me in – Philadelphia because my Democratic counterpart, Donna Brazil, got an unexpected promotion. Yes. Uh, so I was just sort of hanging out. But even then, like we had a shuttle that would take us back to the hotel, but it ran every like 90 minutes. So I wound up like sitting around at the Xfinity Live grill slash CNN grill and like eating and drinking my feelings. Yes. Like, I came back. Like I need to, I've been detoxing. <laughs> That's for kind last, of how like, I felt during Cleveland, days. but yeah. I was just in at home in bed <laughs> eating and drinking well, my but feelings. It, it, I, I can honestly say it had nothing to do with partisanship. It was just like I am out in a 95 degree, 110 percent humidity parking lot. Yeah, it was hard. I can hang out in a tent and eat hot dogs. Or I can hang out here in this restaurant and eat chicken fingers and drink beer. Right. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> but it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Let's go, kids. No, and so you... now I'm like, I'm just going to spend the whole weekend eating like kale. Yes, that's good. <laughs> well, I'm I'm a big fan of kale. I didn't eat anything green either the whole week. I ate nothing green. But we did manage to do an excellent Facebook Live, if we do say so ourselves. We had a really cool Facebook Live. That was the one thing I made it to pretty much. <laughs> The Facebook Live with Kristen just barely. So you should go check it out on our Facebook page. It's pretty cool. It's a whole show. Like we talk about all the stuff, you know, it's just like a regular show, except we're on Facebook as opposed to. And you to, get to see our faces. And you get to see our faces. Whether that's a good or a bad yeah, thing, you we, know, we'll, we look okay. Your mileage may vary. But... Right. It was like mid 
mid-morning, so we yeah. were looking like kind of okay yeah, and fresh. Not melty face. Yeah, yet, yeah, so. we weren't like run down yet. Um, so go check it out. Um, but we have all kinds of new polls because politics obviously has kept on going full throttle. Oh, yeah, since too many polls. Then. Too so many what are polls. the what are the top lines? I don't think this is working. Is no, it working? It's working. It's working. <laughs> yes. Uh, bounce, 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 bounce. Give that production bounces. team a raise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding up my iPhone up to the mic. The control room's all high fiving. <laughs> Kelly. Bounce, 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 bounce. I said I was going to do it last week. That's right. And I did it. And you did it. Follow the bouncing polls. Trump's bad week is about to get worse. As new polls coming out showing Hillary Clinton's bounce was substantial are showing that his chances of making it to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue look pretty bleak at this point. But if you ask voters, many of them would rather have Harambe or a meteor when given the choices that they currently have. How is Trump's nosedive affecting the Senate? We'll take a look at some statewide polls and see how his fortunes are faring compared to those of folks like Kelly Ayotte and Pat Toomey. Finally, we'll dig into whether uh, men are doing a particular thing more than women in the world of academia. What is it? You'll have to listen to find out. And finally, how do we relate to those of different political parties? Pew has some polling out this week about friendship and the 2016 election. And OkCupid dives into the world of politics and love. So first, our poll of the week. Does the, is the election getting you down that you feel you need like a brain implant to help you forget all about it? Well, Pew did some research that found, <laughs> in fact, people are worried about this as well, right? People are obviously worried about the election. People are also worried about things like brain chip implants that would um, improve cognitive abilities. Two-thirds say that they're worried about that. About Almost two-thirds say they're worried about synthetic blood f- to improve physical abilities. Um, and two-thirds are worried about gene editing that gives babies a much reduced disease risk, although people there are a little bit more enthusiastic about it. So this is kind of interesting. Pew poll, there was some real clear dividing lines along religious lines, which I guess uh, is to be expected and then um, it was, people were more okay with some of these enhancements if they knew that basically they didn't do anything, that the results would be everybody would be equal, it wouldn't actually improve anything, then people would be okay with the enhancements, which of course – I guess is a little incongruous. I don't know if one of the enhancements for babies would be to prevent them from crying so much at Trump rallies. That would be maybe that oh, would be Lord. an enhancement people would I, want. I'm fascinated by the finding that people are actually less okay with this technology if it really, really works. Like you would think, <laughs> yeah, right. you would think, okay, well, the cost benefit analysis, like the downside is. What if things go squirrely, or what if this is unnatural? But like, if it's outweighed by, we're making people really, really healthy. Like, but that's not the calculation that's going on here. That actually, people are the most okay with it if it appears to not do anything. <laughs> it doesn't like, <laughs> it doesn't do anything. Yeah. So anyway, that's pretty interesting. We all link to it in our show notes. If you're a lo- new listener, hello. We have um all we link to all this stuff in our show notes. So you can go look at the poll yourself. And this one was at Pew Research about. Enhancements. So on to 2016. There's been a zillion polls. I mean, you could barely, it's one of those days where, you know, driving in to record this morning, I'm like, oh no, there's more polls coming out than from last night that we have to add quickly before we get there. I mean, there's just a, a billion polls out and they all ultimately tell the same story. There was a Trump bounce after Cleveland completely wiped out by the Clinton bounce after uh, Philly. The question is how much of that bounce is now being propelled or magnified by 
Trump's erratic at best behavior over the last few days. Um, now the Huffington Post average shows a seven point advantage for Clinton in the two way. If you have a three way with Johnson, um, do you still basically, you know, I mean, you have a like a five, six point, you know, advantage, but it's still a clear advantage for Clinton. What do you make of this bounce when you look at all the coverage of the bounce? Well, the I think a lot of Trump's bounce had originally come from people who were Republicans who were kind of unsure about him sort of coming around that the convention was this nice, like, let's all be friends and rally and unify. And obviously, in the last couple of days, that has been majorly torpedoed with uh, a variety of Republican leaders and Trump sort of getting into disputes with one another. And, uh, you know, when you take a look, I think Gallup has asked this question going back decades, uh, you know, based on what you saw or read about a party's convention, are you more or less likely to vote for that candidate? And look, uh, convention bounces, or at least the percentage of people saying they're more likely to vote for a candidate post-convention has shrunk significantly in recent elections anyways. You know, back in 1988, the Democratic Convention, supposedly, there was a plus 35, you know, more likely to less likely difference uh, in that election. And ultimately, the Democrats did not win that presidential right. election. George H.W. Bush did. Um, you know, so it, it, it's it doesn't necessarily predict how big a convention bounce will be or how long it will sustain or who will win the election. But it is notable that I think for the first time since 1984, the Gallup has done this. They found that a majority of people said that the convention made them less likely to support a party's nominee when it came to the Republican convention. Oops. I mean, that's that is quite troubling. I mean, the question is how much of this stuff is people just saying what they already think. You know, yeah, Republic I already didn't like Trump. Yeah, so, I didn't like Trump. Right. No, I don't like him anyways. Right. I mean, we did. So PSB research, we did a dial online poll um, after the after Philly, where we showed people clips of speeches online and they could use a little slider uh, to say how they felt about it so they get a continuous rating, plus then an actual a couple questions after the various speech clips. And then we did it again after Philly. We'll link to all this stuff in the show notes and we talked about it in the Facebook Live. And so there you can see people move without saying, in addition to asking them, did this make you move? You can actually see if people move. And there was actual equal – there was in fact equal movement for Trump over the course of watching four clips in our – after Philly – after Cleveland as there was after Philly. There was a three-point move for each candidate after watching each set of clips after those conventions. So, you know, so there was actual – there were people who were actually responding well to the Trump clips. I think the coverage is so – insane that that just and he steps over all his own best material right. that people don't get to see you know trump making a coherent argument which he did i guess you know you can disagree with it but it was at least more coherent than he usually is um or pence's speech which got completely drowned out by by cruz um after clint after philly we tested for example michael bloomberg's speech which was a very clear effort to extend a hand to republicans and that in fact was quite successful it didn't have as high peaks among democrats as some of the other speeches but it was did much better with republicans and independents than some of the other speeches so again you know people were responding the way that the speech is intended to, it's the coverage that maybe takes all this stuff into a different direction. So, you know, Donald Trump made a big deal about the fact that even though I think average ratings for the Republican convention were lower, I mean, frankly, we just had far less star power at ours than the Democrats, that the that the final night speech, his versus Hillary Clinton's, he had slightly better ratings. Um, but some other polling from Gallup suggests that that might 
also not have been a great thing, that on average, um, if you look at those saying that his speech was excellent or good, and then you subtract those who say that the speech was poor or terrible, the net margin, uh, Donald Trump's speech was in net negative territory just by a little bit, whereas Hillary Clinton had a, a margin of over plus 20 if you subtract the bad from the good. So what about the ratings? But, the but ratings. what about the ratings? But what about the ratings? So, you know, Donald Trump may have had a very slight bounce from his convention, but it has largely been washed out. The people still are not really excited about their choices. So we took a look. Um, there are a couple polls that have come out. Uh, Fox News did a poll uh, that, by the way, showed Donald Trump in really bad territory. I think yeah. down by about 10. 10 yeah. I mean, really, really big. I tried looking back at the 2012 polls and only found one poll where Mitt Romney was down by 10 compared to Obama. And this was like really early. It was like May. It was like much earlier in the process. It certainly was not post-convention. And in this poll, they asked respondents, will your vote for president be more about being for my candidate or against the opponent? And they found that for Clinton supporters – 49% of Clinton supporters say, yeah, it's mostly more for my candidate, but 47% say it's mostly against Trump. Uh, And then for Trump supporters, it was 52% saying that their support for Trump is actually mostly because they oppose Clinton. So this, what's uh, what's depressing about this is then I looked at the exit polls and I went back to the 2012 ones because they asked this question, is your vote for your presidential candidate more about, I strongly favor my candidate, I have some reservations about them, or it's mostly because I dislike the opponent. And in the exit polls, only 10% said their vote was mostly about disliking their opponent. I don't think we're going to see that this time. No. From 10% up to... At a minimum, 47, maximum 52. I mean, that's wow. Yeah. So this is a very sad election. And that's why when public policy polling asked people, um, who would you rather choose? Would you rather have uh, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, or they call it the giant meteor for president movement? I know it affectionately as SMOD 2016 <laughs> yeah, exactly. at Sweet Meteor Odeth. Uh, you can buy T-shirts that yep. say SMOD 2016. Just ended already? Isn't that what is? Just ended already? I'm saying I, it's a he. I'm assuming it's uh, a he. Yeah, that's true. Could be Could be a woman. Um, Could be a, a female meteor. Uh, when I was tweeting back during the Republican convention, I tweeted something like, you know, Ted Cruz is taking the scamble, attacking Donald Trump because he's playing the long game. <laughs> and SMOD <laughs> responded to me and said, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Or like, or somebody responded and was like, "Smod's not sweet meteor of death is not playing the long game." I mean, in fact, is Smod is doing better than <laughs> Gary Johnson, and Gary Johnson is doing like not badly. I mean, considering that it's, I mean, some polls show him up in double digits. We've shown that, you know, in our work, there's been some polling, but you know, the average of having a post is in single digits. But um, they had PPP had a poll that showed. Smod to be doing better, in fact, than Johnson and 13 percent, far more support than the third party candidates actually on the ballot, particularly appealing to independent voters. <laughs> but the other piece of uh, and this was from a month ago, so we don't know how Smod is doing now after after the conventions. <laughs> but um, they also tested Harambe, the the gorilla. Um, which I think is, and this was recent, and I think maybe the Harambe's moment to be included in a PPP 
poll is probably gone. Although I should just say as a digression for a minute, if you ever read McSweeney's, they had like before the Republican convention, they had, you know, the official list of speakers of the Republican convention, because remember, Trump wasn't really releasing them because they were just, you know, he hadn't f- figured out who they were. And one of them was, we're going to have, see, we're, we're going to bring back to life Cecil the gorilla and Harambe and make them fight. That was Cecil gonna, versus Harambe? That was going to be uh, one of the speakers of the Republican convention, which I found, I found kind of an, and I and I say this as someone who really loves animals and loves going on safari I just found that particularly that, that in the funny. three-way ballot test between Hillary Clinton Donald Trump and Harambe Hillary Clinton 48 Donald Trump 43 Harambe five Harambe <laughs> has a net unfavorable even see you, you know there are people voting for candidates who are net unfavorable like for example Harambe Harambe is also the name of the um, like reggae nursery rhyme music class my daughter used to go to. It's called Harambe. It's, it means like coming together or something like that. So it's super fun for folks who live in Columbia Heights. I'm sure you know and have kids. Everybody who has kids and lives in Columbia Heights knows about Harambe. Nobody else outside of that <laughs> does. But now we all know Harambe, Harambe. the Gorilla. Yep. yep. Baba peace. Ross. Yep. Singing a Harambe song. So anyway, um, so that's, you know, this is what people are resorting to in order to make sense of the election. I mean, I got to tell you, I was on the floor. I was literally on the floor watching Clinton's speech. And I thought it was one of the best speeches she'd given. It could be because I was right there as opposed to watching at home while like making dinner or whatever. Um, But she was warm. She was, you know, in the moment she was loose. You know, she covered all the territory. And, you know, I, as I mentioned on the Facebook Live, like I got into an accident. I had like a lot of issues with my legs. So I was getting really kind of wobbly after Dr. Barber, who I had never heard of before. Dr. Barber was this preacher who spoke a couple things before Clinton. And I was like, oh, this is what I imagine like a tent revival is like, where I'm like, I believe I'm going to pass out. (laughs) Just carry me out of here. (laughs) Like, I totally get it. Like the, whatever I learn about tent revivals from movies, like that's how I felt like I was just going to, you know, get swept away. And I could see how you could think like, oh, this is a good way to spend a Saturday to just sort of like, you know, pass out in a room full of strangers. <laughs> that was that was how I felt during the last night of the convention. So it's not a surprise to me that the polling shows that people respond better to her speech than to Trump's. But look, we can talk about national polls all day long, but at the end of the day, there is no national election. There are only statewide elections. Yes. A lot of different statewide elections that will choose electoral votes for Donald Trump, for Hillary Clinton, for SMOD. <laughs> or for Gary Johnson. For the and Philly when fanatic. Look, when you look at the statewide polling averages headed into the convention, uh, Donald Trump was in rough shape. Uh, my column at the Washington Examiner this week is all about uh, – it came out on Wednesday before a lot of these post-convention statewide polls came out. But where I was basically making the case that in order for Donald Trump to win, he has to start with Mitt Romney's electoral college map and then he has to add – 64 states or 64 electoral votes worth of states and not lose anything that uh, Mitt Romney already had. So the the upshot has helpfully put together a little chart with what the polling averages looked like before the conventions. Um, And you had a state like North Carolina where you had Clinton on average up by 2.4. And bear in mind in North Carolina, a court ruling just struck down their voter ID laws there. Um, And what we know from sort of academic research is that in places where these voter ID law debates have been really prominent, it actually increases African-American turnout 
Even if the laws are in place, it increases African-American turnout. Um, So North Carolina, already a state that was not looking good for Republicans to hold. um, You've also got states like Ohio, which was kind of a coin flip Um, for ABC's this week. I had to make a map of what I thought the election would look like if the election had been held on Sunday, which is post conventions. But sort of it was just the beginning of the Trump meltdown, like. Sunday was the day that the interview aired where he said, like, oh, Putin's not in Crimea. Wait, no. But, I mean, he is. But, like, they want to be there. Wait, huh? (laughs) But if I was there, then – If I was there, it'd be great. It'd be great. Um, (laughs) So in that one, I wound up coming up with Hillary Clinton 323, Donald Trump 215, obviously making Hillary Clinton president by a a long shot. In that, I was kind to Trump and I gave him Iowa and Ohio – because a lot of the Iowa polls had been showing – I mean, they have Clinton up – And Arizona, which, you know, could be in play, frankly. And uh, Yeah, so I, I gave him Arizona yep. as well. Arizona could also be in play. Um, but again, this was if the election had been held on Sunday. Yeah. Now we're seeing fresh polls come out that have been conducted since Sunday that are really beginning to solidify just how impossible it looks right now for Donald Trump to pull off this whole – Oh, I'm going to win all. Of, you know, I did not give him Pennsylvania. I did not give him Michigan. No. I did not give him Wisconsin. Nope. Some other folks were suggesting, oh, maybe he can pull off. Those are those blue collar states. Polling out today suggests not a chance. Franklin and Marshall's poll of Pennsylvania shows Clinton up by 11. Detroit News WDIV poll in Michigan shows Clinton up by nine. New Hampshire poll by our friends at WBUR and Mass Inc., Clinton up by 17 in the two-way ballot test. And then when you do the four-way where you include Johnson and Stein, it's Clinton up 15. Wow. New Hampshire is one of those states that is sometimes considered a swing state. Yep. It's gone red in recent years. It's not part of the blue wall. Um, And prior to the conventions, the polling average had Clinton up by 1.2. We always say don't panic about any one individual poll. Look at polling averages. But plus 15 – that's something. Right. And and it's a state, too, that could be in play because it went solidly for Bernie Sanders. Now, of course, he's from neighboring Vermont, but still, right. you know. Was was there any chance that the depressed Bernie folks would say, no, nah, for Clinton? No, no, no. And the real implication here is if, if all of a sudden, you know, Trump is down by 10 in these national polls, if he's really losing these states by double digit margins, what's it going to do down ballot? I did a, a segment on Fox News uh, two or three days ago um, discussing with Matt Schlapp from the ACU, who was sort of trying to make the case that, no, you know, Donald Trump in some of these blue states will he will, you know, the, he's he's like I'm looking at polling that says that this isn't actually a drag on these candidates. Um, and we had Whit Ayers on, and he said that we're seeing a lot more split ticket voting. So I think you know there's yeah. an effort to try and figure out how. Well, the, the how do you make this happen? If you look at the pencil, so Pat Toomey in Pennsylvania is one of the Republican incumbents who is considered in danger, as is Kelly Ayotte, the Republican senator from New Hampshire, and the polls that have come out today suggests that even though they are polling well ahead of where Donald Trump is, if Donald Trump is losing their state by double digits, it's not enough. So in the Franklin and Marshall poll, Donald Trump is down by 11. Pat Toomey is only down by one among likely voters. That's a 10-point advantage over the top of the ticket. And yet, because the top of the ticket is doing so badly – Pat Toomey can't overcome it. Similarly, in New Hampshire, um, again, Clinton is up by 15. Kelly Ayotte, they have down 
only by 10. So she's it's not as big of a gap, but she's polling about five points better than Trump. So if Trump's only losing the state by two or three, you know, Trump can lose, but Kelly Ayotte still gets elected. But if Trump's losing the state by 15, that is way too big a wave for her to overcome. Right, right. And here's, I mean, and the other, and also, so a few things on this. One, there's been some analysis. I think 538 did it showing a very high correlation between Senate votes and presidential votes, less so with gubernatorial races. One, because they're sometimes in different kinds of years, not necessarily presidential years. Different issue sets. Different issues. And you, you kind of see and feel the governor more while Senate is part of Washington. So you can see how that's more aligned with presidential votes. So it's very difficult when a wave hits, having worked with Democratic candidates, when a wave is both in your favor and not in your favor, been there both kinds of years, there ain't much you can do. You're like, um, you, you have to come up with three things you disagree with, uh, with the presidential candidate that people don't like, or you have to just put that person in all of your ads and hope that that's enough. Like there's, that's all you need to say is that you're, you know, you're with the team that's getting a wave that year and that's all you can do. It's very, very hard to bust out in some of these races. And that's why you see folks like Congressman Charlie Dent from Pennsylvania kind of came out today or yesterday to say that he was not voting for Trump. Now he's always been one of the most moderate members of Congress. It's not really a surprise. I mean, some of the folks, the Republican members you've seen now in the last few days saying, I'm not with Trump. Like Richard Hanna, who I think is not even running for re-election, is a little Adam bit Adam Kinzinger, who's one of the sort of rising stars in the party. And I don't know what his district li- is like. Uh, if he, if I, it's a targeted district, it might be, right? I, I, I think he's somewhat safe, um, but he's certainly been more of a, you know, he was like a Jeb guy. The party needs to adapt and evolve. Right. Guys, right. So. so, I mean, here's the challenge with some of these folks, right? If they're, if they want to withstand th- this terrible wave, right, then they have to be clear in how they're going to, you know, what they're saying about Trump. They have to, you know, I think they have to be clear. They can't simply say which, what Kelly Ayotte's been saying, um, okay, I- I'm, I'm not endorsing them, but I'm not endorsing him, but I'm voting for him, I think is what she said, something like that, which to me just, just seems like just mealy-mouthed. And, I, you know, it's the same thing with Paul Ryan. And it's with all these folks. Like, you can criticize them. All, if you're criticizing them all day long and then you're still voting for them, but you're not endorsing them. Like, I'm sorry, that just doesn't seem like a very strong leadership move. How is, how is it possible that somebody who says all these things that you think are horrible – is better qualified to be president. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like- I, I I would say of all the people on the right who came out and endorsed Trump, and it kind of surprised me, Paul Ryan's the one that I'm still the most sympathetic to his plight because he's got this caucus he's right. got to keep happy. And he knows that while he's got some folks in his caucus who are in these bubble districts where Trump's not going to be very popular – He's also got a lot of members who are in districts where they either need to survive a primary and he doesn't want to put them in an awkward position of, okay, do you have to – you know, I think he wants to be as like – create as few problems as possible for his caucus. Yeah. But then I was kind of laughing because after Donald Trump trolled him – Right. Which A plus troll game, Donald Trump. No, that was quite good. Uh, I, I don't think I'm quite ready to endorse Paul Ryan like, oh, gosh. There were all these other commentators saying, well, this gives Paul Ryan – cover to walk away. But I feel like if you're walking away from Donald Trump, not because of the other stuff he said, but because he won't endorse you, 
That feels kind of weird to me. I mean, that's so... the thing I find so obnoxious. Like, oh, how dare he go after all this, like, cl- pearl clutching and smelling salt smelling over the fact that he, you know, was mean to poor Paul Ryan as opposed to all the other people in the world that he's been mean to from babies to grieving mothers. Yeah, like, I've I just, just can't been, I mean, it. look, listeners to the show know we are, we are a bipartisan show. I am letting down my side of the bargain here by being just vocally not interested in my party's nominee at all. And I've got real Trump rage right now. Yeah. <laughs> Martin's got real Trump rage. I've got real um, rage. You know, I'm, I'm still trying to do my best to, you know, look at the data through a clear lens. But I have been so amused at the last 48 hours of all these folks who were like, oh, my gosh, Donald Trump has just gone out of bounds. I'm like, he started his campaign right. insulting Senator John McCain for being captured as a POW. I know. Like, where were y'all a year ago? I know. I just find these, like, (laughs) crocodile tears incredible. I mean... And yeah, so there's going to be this, you know, intervention, right? Like, uh, well, some people are think- saying the intervention's not going to happen. It is amusing to me that now Newt Gingrich is out giving far more critical interviews of Donald Trump than he was in the past. Uh, Chris Christie was reportedly not going to participate in the intervention if the intervention was actually a real thing because he's still got anguish over not being the Veep. And last but not least, you had, I believe, Sean Hannity last night came out and was like, Trump kind of needs to get it together. Like, Sean, you, when you've lost Sean Hannity, Trump. Um, <laughs> You're a man on oh an island. Oh, no. Oh, no. So anyhow, this, this race has gotten real crazy. I am very excited for next week to see polling where everything is settled in a little more. Because we could still, let's be honest, these polls that were taken of these states, this is still in Clinton campaign yeah. bump territory. Yep. So these numbers, while they look really scary, they could come down. And we shouldn't assume that every voter out there taking these polls has heard about, you know, Trump's tweet to try and clean up the mess on Crimea. We should just assume they haven't. Right. Um, the Fox poll, I think, did ask people, have you heard about the controversy over the cons and, you know, what Trump said about the Gold Star family? And a very high percentage of people said, yes, they had heard of it. And and yes, they thought that his response was bad, even a high percentage of Republicans. Yeah. Wasn't there a majority that said, yes, yeah, they agreed with the statement that Trump sacrificed no one and nothing? I think. Or, I, I, yeah, there there was. Sorry, the, the sorry, pollster, if I just made that up out of Yeah, the, well, the results just weren't weren't great for him. No. Um, so nonetheless. And also it goes to this thing, not that like, you know, we need to beat up on Trump more, but why not? I mean, it goes to this thing where he's blaming the media. He's blaming the media as the source of all these problems. Like, why is the media doing this to me? I, I was on CNN and I got to a... And I, my thing, I don't really like to get into screamy fights on TV. Why? Like, it just doesn't really seem that that's worth anybody's time. Um, But I just can't take, I've got such Trump rage. And so when a Trump surrogate on CNN said, well, this panel is just four, you know, it's just me versus four talking about, you know, Trump statements on the Khan family. I just couldn't take it anymore. (laughs) I was like, so you're mad that that it's not 50% of people who agree with attacking a grieving mother. That's what you think the representation should be. That's not actually the world right now. Like even 25% seems a little high to me. So I'm glad to see Fox News, that other liberal bastion, confirm it. Um, Anyway, so that's what's going on out in the world of people talking about Trump. It's just complete chaos. Like 
you know, if you have anything else going on. I mean, that, that's the other thing that's pretty crazy about this is like there's this convention bounds, but we're not even talking about anything about the convention. I mean, nobody can get any word in edgewise about anything other than whatever Trump belched out in the last half hour. I mean, whether it's the Clinton campaign and, you know, there's good or bad that's coming out of the Clinton campaign. None of it is getting any airtime. It is just like all Trump all the time. It's incredible. It's what an incredible thing to watch. Well, I think maybe before we move on to the story about men and women and academia, let's talk very briefly <laughs> about uh, which is exciting. The way <laughs> that 2016 <laughs> and friendship. Yes. And then we can come back at the end to the dating. Love. To love. 2016 and right. love. So 2016 and friendship. Um, you know, this is really like I, I'm not engaging in Facebook discussions over this stuff. I am actively trying to like not respond to family members and friends who I love who have hopped on the Trump train yes. and like really want to kind of argue with me about like, I saw your tweet. And I'm like, <laughs> started no good sentence ever. Nope. Let's, <laughs> we're going to end that conversation right now. I um, saw what, somebody I really, uh, one of the podcasts I listen to a lot, the, um, she tweeted out, like, I am taking, I am doing a Marie Kondo on my friend list and cutting out everybody who supports Trump. I'm like, yes, that ties it all together nicely for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like, according to Pew, a lot of people, even if they were to engage in such a Marie condoing of their friends based on 2016 preferences wouldn't have that many people to cut. So with a Pew asked people, registered voters, what percentage of your close friends support the same candidate as you? Among Trump supporters, 44 percent say a lot of their friends support Trump. 38 percent say some of their friends support Trump. Uh, only about 16 percent say just a few or none of their friends support Trump. So only 16 percent are like, I'm the only Trump friend in my group. Yeah. Among Clinton supporters, you have 41% saying a lot of their friends are also voting for Clinton. 40% saying some. You only have 17% who are like, I'm the lone Clinton supporter in my group of friends. Right. So people have really clustered into these groups where most of the people they know and talk to are – agree with them. Uh, they asked, you know, what percentage of you do not have any close friends who support the other candidate. For Trump supporters, only about a third say they don't have any close friends that support Clinton. But among Clinton supporters, it's almost half. Almost yeah. half of people who support Hillary Clinton are like, I don't have a close relationship with – I can't fathom anybody that I'm close to liking Trump. Yeah. I know. I mean, we are a nation divided. For I know. Sure. And this is, I mean, this is, there's been a lot of polling on this kind of concept, and Pew's done it, and other folks have done it at the sort of big sort that we've now sort of grouped ourselves into, into it, 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 friendship circles or communities where you simply don't have to encounter anyone from any other kind of tribe, um, whether that's party or something else. Um, and it's a problem because it makes a difference. I mean, it certainly helps here in Washington to make friends who are people who are on the other side. People talk about that. It seems kind of hokey, but it does make a hey, difference. Hey, it's working out great for this show. I know, right? That's right. <laughs> that's how we're, that's our secret to rocketing up to the top of the charts and dethroning Milo from whatever. <laughs> Some, don't, don't tweet don't, us. Don't even say his name. Don't. Oh my God. Margie. It's like Beetlejuice. Um, so, uh, so, you know, it, it is kind of disturbing. There was a New York Times video that did 
a compilation of Trump rallies where people were like shouting out real racist slurs. There was a Washington Post monkey cage blog study that showed that um, people who this is for the primary, so it's a little bit different, but that Trump voters compared to uh, McCain and Romney voters had more extreme views on race or against immigrants or against Muslims. Um, And I think it's of a piece with this not knowing people sort of outside your, you know, your typical dynamic. And it's true, though, for Clinton voters as well as for Trump voters, not the race piece, but the, you know, not making, not having friends who are of another, you know, type of social dynamic. It really makes a difference in sort of figuring out what people are thinking, which is what our job is as pollsters. But it's just another bit of sad Sad news. So we'll move on to sad news, but that's also funny. That was very popular on Facebook this week, and that's men (laughs) saying, I know what I'm talking about. I'm a dude. I'm an expert. (laughs) And let's just say for the record, we here at the pollsters, we love our men. That's right. Men are great. This is not we're not anti-man, even though we often come to the show armed with great polling data (laughs) that makes us giggle about you guys. You may indeed be an expert, (laughs) but it turns out that according to this academic study, um, men self-cite themselves in journal articles 70% more than women. And that was true across major academic fields. So when you, you know, write a lit review and you write an academic article, you have to say, well, the literature shows blah, blah, blah. It's all leading up to this great point I'm going to make in this article. And so your lit review kind of go, delves into that. And men are more likely to cite their own studies as a, you know pointing to the background that's relevant to that article more than women do, which I find fascinating. I guess it maybe is because maybe if men have written more or something, I don't know, but it, it just seems quite incredible. If men and women cited themselves at equal rates... Okay, no, I can't read this whole – this is too jargony, this whole chart. But it is a really massive difference here. Men publish more. Men face fewer penalties of self-promotion. And does this lead to women's underrepresentation in fields? Because if you look at number of journal sites or to the extent you contribute to the literature, if men are in there more because they're you know, juking the stats by talking about themselves, is that problematic for women? I don't know. But it is consistent with a study I've seen. I think it was in one of the books written by – Claire Shipman and Katie Kay about one of the differences between men and women in their job, whether their income or some sort of performance at work, was not actual performance, but who told their boss more about what they were up to. Interesting, interesting. So bragging, bragging matters. That's right. Bragging matters. Otherwise, people aren't going to know what you're up to. Yep. Lean in, brag out. That's right. That's right. You don't need to stay Talk late. Talk about to, how great you are, ladies. Yeah, that doesn't take that much time, talking about how great you are. Uh, and then, take it from us. <laughs> you know, Gallup, has, Gallup has consistently, for the last, oh gosh, three decades, asked uh, whether or not people in the country feel that women have equal job opportunities as men. Um, so back in 1987, it was less than half said yes to this question. Um, and I, I, I'm sort of laughing as I'm looking at this chart because it shows that the answer for U.S. adults overall matches the results for men but then women are like significantly below it did we just find a chart error here? oh yeah maybe that doesn't make any sense no. unless there's like some huge group of respondents who will have to email did not frank newport we'll or maybe somebody who works for frank newport but nonetheless by the time you know when you get to sort of the 2007 2008 era you see that there's been a big uptick in the percentage of people who think yes women in this country do have equal job opportunities but that uptick has been much larger among men than among women so men sort of thinking all is well women 
less so. Right. Um, that that improvement among men has now sort of come back down to earth, um, where you have sixty one percent of men. And 43% of women saying that they feel that women in this country have equal job opportunities as men. Yeah, we'll see if Hillary Clinton gets elected. Do these numbers change? We don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that they've fallen from 2008. I don't know what explains that necessarily. But um, but here – and the, there wasn't anything between 2008 and now, so we don't know how yeah. that bounced around. But what I thought was – Particularly interesting was they also asked this question, do you generally favor or oppose affirmative action programs for women? And the phrase affirmative action, I mean, I guess they've been asking it for a while, so they haven't changed. It's one of those anachronisms, but it's not – it never does well. If you said should, you know, all things being equal, women be given more, uh, you know, more chance, more opportunities so they can, you know, improve their representation and work or something like that. Like some question that kind of explains affirmative action without calling it affirmative action – I'm sure you would have gotten higher numbers, but even phrased this way, a majority say yes, and that number's been increasing. 60% say yes. A majority it, among men and women. Yeah, majority of men and women. 55% men, 64% of women. I find that the, really oh, hard the, to believe. The, ch- the change hasn't been that dramatic from 2005 to now, but I think it's fascinating. I actually am the most surprised that it has stayed where it is. And actually, the only group on here where I can see a real decline in support for it was among Hispanic respondents, where you had 76 percent in 2005 saying that they uh, favored and that fell to 69 percent. But that's still a pretty high number. Right. I, I'm I'm frankly, I, I don't often like drop my jaw at poll results. Like usually I'm like, great, right, that, that sounds about right. But this I found you quite would, surprising. In part because the term affirmative action is one of those words that Pushes people into partisan camps, right? right? So you would assume that, like, it's just it's just a shy of quotas. It's not quite as bad as quotas, which people don't use anymore in questions. But it yeah. does kind of ring that, that same you bell. You can get a majority of people, sixty percent of people, to support it when you're using a term that is so off-putting to a large part a partisan group is is pretty astonishing. Yeah. So anyway, that's some interesting news. Last but not least, let's talk about this OK Cupid stuff. Okay, I've been trying to get this in the show for weeks, but just hasn't made it for a variety of reasons. And some of it is not safe for our clean rating. So we're just going to talk about some of the clean stuff. If you want to really get in the nitty gritty, we have to talk about museums, yoga, and crying. Yes, we have, we to, have to. Yes, that's why that's in there. <laughs> so OK Cupid uh, did this analysis. So they had a, a two different axes. They had. Uh, Republican and Democrat, and they also had, are you looking for love or are you looking for sex? And then they mapped all these different words that were in your profile to see what kinds of things predicted. Are you a Republican looking for love? Are you a Republican looking for sex? Are you a Democrat looking for love? Are you a Democrat looking for sex? And they, some of the things were predictable. Like if you said that you were 420 friendly, you were going to be a Democrat, then a Republican. If you watch, if you like Broad City, you're a Democrat. If you like Clint Eastwood, you're a Republican. So some of those things you're like, okay, right, that makes sense. But then some other things were pretty funny, like if you say the activities that you like. So for conservatives, it's going to the shooting range or being outside. For liberals, it's museums, yoga, and crying. (laughs) I, I'm going to continue smiling about this forever. I mean, people don't put crying in your okay human for crying out loud. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, it's okay to cry, but it's not okay to put crying in your okay Cupid profile. There Can was we agree a, on just a few things? There was somebody, uh, a friend of mine posted a 
a tweet that said, these things do not equal a personality, and then listed a bunch of things, and they were craft beer, Hamilton, Harry Potter, travel, um, oh, something else. And I was like, they're just listing all the things I like. So I tweeted, like, I'm going to have to go back to the personality store, since obviously liking Harry Potter and Hamilton and craft beer and travel does not constitute a personality. No. I mean, I get what they're saying. Yeah. That these are. Th- right. You don't know what it's going to be like, you know, right. when you, you get that 3 a.m. A... call from your partner. <laughs> when the red phone rings. Like, but I love Hamilton. How can I use that right now? No, it's not actually relevant. I am not throwing away my shot. Um, anyhow, by the way, if you are a listener and you are a Hamilton fan, I highly suggest go look up my friend Mary Catherine Ham. She's a CNN commentator. And during the course of the Republican convention, she snuck in 11 different Hamilton lyrics into her segments. Oh, my God. That is incredible. So if you're just watching, you would never have noticed her saying – What can't that gal do? I, it was, <laughs> I was like – well, she told me halfway through the week like that what was happening. And so me and a group of friends, like we'd all go get margaritas and like help cook up like, okay. That's good. Ted Cruz, he's he's willing to wait for it. You know, like that's – like that doesn't sound like you're quoting a song. Right. But if you know Hamilton, like you get that that's a reference. That's good. Um. So now I'm like, man, she's really raised raised the stakes. Now I have to think, what will can can I pull this off? Can I like do a week of just like dropping Game of Thrones references subtly in all my TV hits? Mm. I think that's harder though. The Hamilton one, that's that yeah, was pretty strong. Somebody, and it was like weird of them too. Like it's not really quite in English. So the Game of Thrones, like you just you know every four words, there's like what what is that? <laughs> How many times can I drop like Winter's Coming? Right. Um. Yeah. So anyhow, if you're if you're a Hamilton fan, check it out. She's a rock star. Well, speaking of raising the stakes, <laughs> stakes are things that Republicans <laughs> who are looking for love want. And Dr. Pepper – oh, no, steak for Republicans means you're looking for sex. Dr. Pepper is for Republicans looking for love. Dr. Pepper? I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand that. Maybe it's because I'm not a Republican. But uh, avocados and vegetarians are for lefties who want love, which I do understand. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I love avocados. And we are we have constant – avocados. Beckett must be looking for love because he just loves avocados with all his heart. It's just one of his favorite little things. Um, and if you mention a weapon, don't put, mention a weapon in your OK Cupid profile either. Crying or weapons, like don't. Well, don't, no, but for conservatives, going to the shooting range is a thing they like to do. Yeah, well, going to the shooting range is fun, but talking about weapons doesn't. I don't know. I guess. I guess it. I guess that's. I wouldn't like that person on OK Cupid. I'd be like, that, no, that's not a, not a match. Not for sex or love. I'm sorry. That's not, doesn't do it for me. But anyway, um, go check it out. It will link to it. It's pretty entertaining. You can spend quite a few minutes looking at that. So our key findings: the race is officially crazy. You thought it was just the polls. It is now actually just the race. Men are experts. Just ask them. And there aren't many places where Democrats and Republicans can hang out. Not in person. Not on OKCupid, pretty much just the pollsters. You can find us at at the pollsters on Twitter or individually at at Margie O'Meara and at Casel DeSanderson. We're at www.thepolsters.com where we'll post our show notes, links to all of the polls that we've talked about today. You can also follow us on Facebook uh, where we post not only links to stories we might talk about in upcoming shows, but also we're going to try to do more of those Facebook Live videos. So make sure that you've liked our page so that it can pop up in your feed when we go live to do our show. Make sure you've subscribed to us, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. Thanks to those of you who are writing reviews, and we'll look forward to seeing you all next week. Bye. Thanks.
When we listen to the radio, we never agree on the station. Classic rock. Hip-hop. Pop. Guys, quiet. The one thing we do agree on, we all want an awesome free phone. That's why we switched to MetroPCS. Stop by MetroPCS with the whole family and get four free phones of your choice from brands you love, like Samsung, Motorola, and LG when you switch. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Free phone requires port. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.